Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 424 for Tuesday, the 3rd of November, 2015. So nice to have you here. My name is Robbie, and tonight we're giving you what you want, what you need. We're giving you more Linux. Uh, tonight we're going to look at an ARC distribution that is, in fact, easy to install and a lot of fun to use. Uh, you want to see this? Uh, plus, we're going to play around with an oldie but a goodie of command line tools for Linux that also works on Windows and Mac, and that's going to allow you to sync your documents between systems so that you can edit them while on the road, and then when you get home, you connect to your network and it automatically syncs up all of your copies. So stick around. We're going to be covering all that in just a uh, little bit. Jeff Weston back with me in studio tonight. Jeff, nice to see you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, let's see, what do you got coming up in the news tonight? Uh, well, here's what's coming up on Category5.tv Newsroom. Amazon and eBay could be liable for billions of pounds of unpaid sales tax in the UK if they fail to properly investigate traders using their sites to escape sales tax. Uh, as well, lithium-ion batteries are one step closer to production. And Yamaha Motors has revealed it's developing a robot designed to ride any racing motorbike at high speeds. Also, Google's balloon-based internet service is on course to form a ring over part of the world next year. And gamers who purchased Batman Arkham Knight for the PC are being granted full refunds after Warner Brothers suggests that problems uh, that have plagued the game since its release are not fixable. And we thought we had big Star Trek news before, but now we have even bigger Star Trek news. The biggest ever, in fact. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. Jeff, what have you noticed? Uh, I've noticed that you appear to have uh, got a green shirt on. It's like I've been working out. <laughs> yeah. I've been working out, folks. You've lost weight. So what's going on? Well, I've been really watching what I've been eating. Okay. I've been uh, drinking more water, thanks to Ula. Okay. I'm up to two liters a day now. Well done. That's pretty cool. That's very good. Uh, really, it boils down to just... Uh, not eating when I'm not hungry. You know that when you get home from work, and you know Tuesday night is a perfect example. Yep. I work from like 7 a.m. to uh, let's say we finish the show, and I have about three hours post production, so nearly midnight. Right. And you'd, you'd like to snack during those times, and then yes. you realize, oh, I'm actually snacking when I'm not really that hungry. Yes. I'm just kind of you know doing that. Never happens to me. Never happens, right? So I put on some over the past while. I'm going to show you my belt. We're looking at your and I've belt. Lost, and I've lost some. Okay, so okay. check it out. Okay, so this is my old belt. Okay. okay. That's where I was. Yep. You can see the indent in the belt. That's where I was. I was actually here. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the problem. I'm on the last... There I am on the last belt holes. Yes. And I'm stuck. I can't go any further. Well, you could just punch new holes. I in could your actually belt. punch new holes and go further, 
all the way to like one more beyond. But what's been real pain during this process has been when I get in between. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> you can move are, back now. Are you going to take your belt off? Yeah, I'm going to take my belt off. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So that's the problem I was I was into. And seriously, like where was I? Okay, let's put it back to where I was. At one point, I was there. So you've lost a what, a good 4 or 5 inches. Oh yeah, oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I was. Okay. Then I worked my way to here and that's where I stayed for quite some time. You can see by the by the strained indent in the belt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Reason I wanted to show you this, I want to show you this bad boy. This is kind of my salvation through that whole in between when you're in between different okay. belt sizes. This you can pick up at cat5.tv/sammy and what you see is that there are no belt holes. Okay, so how does it work? So on the back, there are all these oh. ratchet positions, okay? So when you put this on, oh dude, that's cool. It automatically sizes itself. So, here we go. Cat5.tv slash Sammy. You've got to pick one of these up. Just do a quick search on that site uh, for Ratchet Belt, just like it sounds. So, let's see how much better this is for me. Now, uh, Nate UK was wondering, is it a Linux belt? It is, yeah. <laughs> it is a Linux we belt. We can say that. All right. Yeah. All right, that works. Even my pants, these pants were tight on me. So I'm pretty proud. So here we go. So this is the, the moment of truth. This is what we all want is a proper fitting belt. Wow. There you go. Perfect fit. Now, how does time. it deal when you accidentally snack too much and you put some extra pressure? Does it, do the ratchets pop? Oh, so it's just a quick Click release. Click and release. Oh, man. But I'm going to make a suggestion here, folks. Try it in your hands first. Because the first time I put it on, I didn't know how to get it off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So there it is. So as you get in between sizes, there's no such thing as between sizes anymore. So you've got this perfect fit, nice stylish buckle, and you're good to go. And it's cheap because it's from cat5.tv slash Sammy. Do a search for Ratchet Belt, and you too will be as comfortable as me. I like that. Keep up the good work. It's a nice belt. Thanks, man. Cool. Well, we have a ton of stuff for you tonight. Yes. What say, before we get into it, we talk a little bit, we've got a couple of things to talk about. Okay. I noticed somebody in the chat room saying, we're Sasha. Yes. We're Sasha. Yep. Sasha is still with us, so I'm just going to start off with that, because I don't want you to get too worried. Uh, however, Sasha did also, now uh, back up. We're all volunteers here, yes. and it's a huge commitment to be involved in Category 5 TV. Sasha, unfortunately, did have to take a job that works her on Tuesdays. Ah. So it's a sudden thing. We didn't uh, really see this coming. Uh, and we're trying to work out ways to make it work. Uh, but as it is right now, she's, uh, she's working a shift right at this very moment. So today I started reading lessons, so I'm going to have to figure out how to work the news. Gonna have to figure it out, folks. That's right. How to work the teleprompter. That's right. Um, so, you know, we're thinking of Sasha. She wanted me to extend that, you know, she absolutely, this has been a, a horrible um, thing for her. Like, she's been really st stressing over it, I think. Mm. Uh, Sasha's been here every single Tuesday for uh, as long Forever, as. Forever, it feels like. Season eight, all the way through. And, uh, you know, now it's all of a sudden she's got to work. So, yeah. Um, 
needless to say, there's you know a couple things that we could do, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that over the next you know couple of weeks as we kind of uh, try to figure out how we can keep Sasha on the air uh, when she's working. Well, uh, Rev, do you, do Jenk is suggesting a new night, whatever night the Sasha's here. <laughs> Whatever night Sasha's available. All in favor? That's right. I, I, we had that thought, uh, to be straight up honest. Yeah. You know, could we, after almost nine years of broadcasting, switch Category 5 to a different night? And so, you know, l- let us know what you think of that idea. I think it would be very challenging. Absolutely. I mean, um, pe- for so many years now, people have gotten used to Tuesday nights. It's kind of like a religious practice almost. A little bit. But <laughs> the other thing is, nobody ever schedules anything on Tuesdays. That's true. And if we moved it to Mondays, which might work, um, for example, then anytime there's a holiday Monday mm, and you're true. away with family and stuff here, you know, uh, thinking of us working in the studio, it'd be really, really tough for us to have to come in on our right. holiday Monday and, and work that day. That's true. Um, you don't see all the post-process that go, or the pre-process that goes into the show, but we're here. Uh, I start working on Category 5 three days in advance, writing the news, everything, and then we're here um, about four hours before the show actually goes live mm-hmm. on a Tuesday to get everything set up. So, uh, And then all the post-process as well. So there are different things, but let us know, community, what you think uh, would be a good op- option, a uh, good way to do it. Hashtag we miss Sasha. It is time to show Category 5 some love, folks. Uh, We appreciate all of our viewers from all around the world. Uh, It has been an amazing season for us as far as growth. We have been watching the numbers and seeing going from 120,000 viewers a week and thinking, how can we... That's amazing. To 250,000 and saying, whoa, a quarter of a million views a week. Because you're such a good-looking guy. Has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Sasha's, now we're getting into it. Sasha's away this week. The, it's going to drop. Yep. It's going to drop. <laughs> That's right. Um, we're over 500,000 views a week right now. That's amazing. It's amazing. And we are all volunteers, as you know. Mm-hmm. We fund this from a very minimal amount of advertising and viewer mm-hmm. support. And your viewer contributions really help to sustain us. Absolutely. What I would love to have happen, and I know that we've got a huge viewer base and you're watching this right now and maybe you've been watching for some time, maybe you're new here. If you could contribute 25 cents per episode, that's it, 25 cents, what an amazing difference that would make for Category 5. Huge. We'd be able to call up Sasha and say, you know what, we'll pay you double. Whatever they're paying you, we'll pay you double. Well, there, it's already been mentioned. Sasha Patreon. Yeah, there you Sasha go. Sasha Pay. If you could go to category, uh, go to Patreon.com and do a quick search for uh, for Category Five. Mm-hmm. That's our Patreon profile. And what you can do is you can um, set up so that you're actually contributing twenty five cents per show, which is awesome. So basically, once a week, you a quarter, right? Mm. So you think about, okay, well, how does that work as far as you know fees and everything goes? Because you don't want twenty five cents coming off of a credit card. So what happens is it actually accumulates uh, for a, a monthly fee. So if we do four episodes that month, you'll get a dollar off of your credit card right. at the beginning of the following month. Which That's is so the easy kind of to idea. do. It's so easy, and when you think about the number of viewers, that astounds you. Okay, like amazing, but. I don't want you to think about the number of viewers at the moment. I want you okay. to just think about you and the fact that you personally could give 25 cents per episode 
and that's really all that we ask. Uh, there are those of you who are already contributing more than that, and that makes a, s- a significant difference. And you know, don't don't think, oh well, I only have to do twenty five cents, so I'll I'll bring down my contribution. If you can continue on where you're at, uh, it's making a huge difference. If you can give twenty five cents, go to patreon.com. I'm going to do it right now just so that you can see. Uh, and and I'm it's hard to do this because I'm I'm kind of against the whole begathon thing right. and and we've we've never really pushed for viewer contributions but think about the numbers folks 500,000 people our bills are really frightening right now yeah they're quite high and i need we need to be able to sustain this thing we want to keep it free absolutely and by free i mean contributing 25 cents an episode we're not forcing you to do it i don't want to charge people for it we want to do this for free. And that includes not just Category 5 Technology TV, but New Every Day, The Show Show, Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada, The Newsroom, hopefully with Sasha Dermatis, if we mm-hmm. can work it out, uh, and everything else that we do here at Category 5. So all that's provided for you. So I'm going to bring up my computer here and go to patreon.com. It's just like that. Okay. And when I hit that website, I'm going to just make sure that I'm signed out so that I see it. Uh, as you see it. Yes, I am. Okay, that's great. So here on that website, this is a, kind of like a crowdfunding, unique way of doing it. Just type in Category 5 in your search, and you'll see the Category 5 TV network there. That's us. See my gorgeous bald head? There he is. So all you have to do, see where it says give $1 an episode? We're not even asking for that. Type in 0.25. That's all you need to do and then become a patron, that's going to make a, a substantial, substantial difference. It's going to help us to sustain this thing. Now, to, to thank you, the first 100 contributors uh, at, at at least the 25-cent level, uh, including all those who are already contributing, uh, are now eligible for uh, a draw. We're going to hold a draw mm-hmm. for teeny drones. And you've seen these things, okay? They're awesome. You've seen them on the show. We've got racing packs. And so what that is is basically two drones. So you and I could go out and we could race. No so we could go out in the field and we could have a, a, a really good time flying teeny drones. Or if you, know, if you want to, you can just charge one while you're flying the other one and then switch back and forth in this unlimited flight time, basically, because it flies for just as long as it takes to charge. So we're actually going to draw for the first 100 contributors. You're going to be qualified for that draw. Mm-hmm. There are other perks there. You can read all about them on Patreon. Find out uh, how you can support us, what, uh, what it is that we do, and uh, we, we extend huge amount of thanks to everyone for contributing to this uh, and helping out the show. If you don't want to participate via Patreon, please go to donate.category5.tv, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little different because it uses PayPal. You can still subscribe to uh, like monthly contributions and things like that, but factor in, okay, well, they do, they do four, maybe five episodes of Category 5 Tech TV per month. So, you know, how much do I want to give for that? Keeping in mind, if you enjoy New Every Day, that's another weekly show that we produce here yep. at Category 5. Uh, if you can, you know, think about the, the shows that you enjoy and appreciate, and, and that will uh, carry us through. Absolutely. I'm excited about 2016 and what we're going to see happen. Oh, man, 2016. I wasn't even thinking about that. It's coming. That's, that's close. Scary thought. But thank you, everybody, wow. for hearing me out. Hope I haven't lost you. I hope that you are in the mood to support us, and uh, I appreciate each and every one of you uh, very, very much. If you're not sure how you can support us, pop me an email, live at category5.tv, and, uh, and we'll see what we can figure out. And I thank you. 
Excellent. So enjoy the show and, and enjoy the whole network and what we do here. Um, it is a lot of fun for us. Um, Braden is behind camera tonight and he's nodding. Yeah, this is a great time and it's such a thrill to be able to bring Category 5 and, and our network of shows uh, to you every single week. And we ex- plan to expand. Oh, sure. The Drone Zone is coming. I know oh, I can't the drone zone is going to be a blast. I was in the, in the Dominican last week, mm-hmm. and I was chatting with uh, one of the guys there about drones. Yeah. I was talking about the drone zone. I was talking about the teeny drones mm-hmm. and, and the SEMA and all that, and he was like... <gasps> did you feel... Did, I presume you left your teeny drone at home? I did leave my teeny drone Did you home. feel like you were wanting to fly it? Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. I did think about it a few times. And then did you realize that, hey, this little thing, I could have taken it out of the limited edition case and put it in... Like my pocket? I didn't actually think about trying to stow it in my carry-on, <laughs> but that would have been a whole worked, lot of man. fun. It would have worked. It would have been great. Yeah. Um, it was, what were you doing in Dominican? That sounds... Uh, actually, it was uh, it was a bit of a humanitarian trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we were building some homes for a uh, community in the Dominican, uh, just outside the little city of Nagua. Uh, there's about 35 families or so that uh, cool. currently have like tin houses or bamboo stick houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a hurricane blows in and it's all gone. Oh. So uh, for about $12,000, you can build a cinder block home uh, that will last them literally for really? generations. Wow. So, so I was down there with a group of uh, eight or nine people, and uh, we helped uh, complete two homes. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, it was a Where lot of fun. A lot of fun. I know we have viewers there as well. Um, shouts out to you. Uh, you could Maybe you saw Jeff while, while he was there. Maybe. Who knows, eh? It's possible. Isn't it unreal to think you were in Dominican Republic and you could have seen some viewers because there's... That is entirely possible. Yeah. And one thing that I thought was really interesting, because the communities are so spread out, nobody has home phones. They all have cell phones. Like, everybody had really? a cell phone. So Isn't that funny? Like, there's people that are literally on their cell phone with unlimited internet. Yeah. They could be watching this from their phone in their little tin hut, which is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> that's wild. Eh? But it, but very neat. So, wild. Yeah. Huh. So, well, that's cool, man. Welcome back. Well, thank you. We had a good trip. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great trip. But uh, no longer talking about brick homes. What do we got with garage doors? I've always thought, wouldn't it be fun to do something different? And there are regulations that stop us from doing that here. You know, from house to house, they've got to be fairly uniform and everything. There yes. Are, you know, you can't just go all out and crazy with your, your garage door. But right. there are places in the world that get away with it. And how much fun is it to, you know, do stuff such as this one that John Scarrett uh, turned his garage door into this brilliant advertisement, catchy piece of art as well. Um, suppose the wall needed better coding, but he's actually turned it into a wall cannot be found error message. Uh, what's the next one here, Jeff? This is kind of cool. Okay. This one, uh, they, they actually, you can't see it, but they, at the bottom here, that's actually the garage, and it opens up into kind oh, of a no way. apartment. Yeah. So the, the landlord had done it to kind of get a, around regulations and hide the fact that there's an apartment down there. So a little bit of, you know, maybe that's not the best motivation, but you got to admit, it's pretty cool in the final product. That's awesome. You pretty wouldn't neat. even know. This one looks dangerous to me, Jeff. <laughs> It's, a, it's an actual decal. Wow. But it looks so real, I could see somebody easily driving into that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sticker, kind of like our, uh, our TARDIS door. Right, This yes. is another sticker here. Just, you oh, know, that one's nice. It's pretty cool. Uh, another creative illusion there. Uh, definitely not the realism of the last one, but that's still pretty cool. 
This one, they decided to go with a graffiti theme, and this one, uh, someone else seems to have uh, decided that it would look nice with some graffiti. Hmm. Uh, this one here uh, really helps you to you know, hide the fact that you're driving a family minivan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, that one's fun. Isn't that crazy? I don't know how they get out, but hey, uh, you can dream. See, there you go. There's the Dominican door right there. That just takes you there. Just takes you there. And then you'll walk right into it and smuck your face off. <laughs> <laughs> just to remind you, hey, you know, just chill, man. Just chill, my babies. That's oh, that's fun. I guess it would have to work with where you're sitting on your bike. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Some of these just look so real, it's incredible to think that that's a decal. That's Really? That doesn't or a paint? Like, could someone paint that good? I don't I know. I suppose wow. like, Rachel Shu could do that. But how unreal is that with dimension? This one's not uh, anything faux like that, but it's pretty neat that the the driveway basically lifts up to open oh, up. Oh, is that what it is? So it lifts up with hydraulics to allow the uh, the cars to park underneath and then lowers them back down into the ground. Oh, that's fun. I like <laughs> that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and finally, this one, uh, this house, a lady spent about 35 years just to make her house seem like it's very outdoorsy. She did a lot of stuff to the interiors. Really, yeah. really cool. But check out the painting on the garage door as well. It's Add beautiful. some dimension to it. These are some fun kinds of, uh, you know, images that you can find. Uh, the website that we got those from are light, uh, lighter side of real estate. Dot com And it's a fun site, uh, but they have stuff like that. And you can actually look into some of these homes and find out a little bit more information about them. That's neat. Thought we'd share that with you. Lots of fun. Neat how, uh, how creative some people are. I like the deck. Never ceases to amaze you can me. just stick it up. And yes, absolutely. All right. Tonight we're looking at a, 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 a Linux distribution mm -hmm. that is based on Arc. And maybe we can touch on a viewer question that came sure. in uh, just this week. And uh, we love receiving your viewer questions. Live at Category5.tv is where you want to email us. And uh, this one came in to us this week. Yeah, it did. It uh, came from uh, Brother Wilbur. Uh, and he says, thank you, Robbie and staff, for your service of computer help, tech relief. Uh, I, need free, I need a free command list and keyboard shortcuts to help me be more productive. Hmm. I've wore out my laptop hard drive installing distros. I just want one light enough to run, boosting my productivity. Simplicity is my motto. Uh, I've been looking towards rolling release because they, they are current applications, uh, no more upgrading. I think Arc sounds good, but I'm not ready for it though. I did try Manjaro, uh, didn't try Manjaro. Uh, it took some adjusting to their style of computing. Any tips would be helpful. Can you do remote help on Linux? Yeah, okay, so let's, let's hit that one real quick. Yeah, uh, we do use TeamViewer um, okay. as a, uh, you know, operating as a kind of a nonprofit sort of thing. We, we use it uh, under the personal use license, and, and uh, so you can use that to allow us to connect in. Uh, a lot of viewers don't usually take advantage of that, and it is sometimes a little bit complex to get it set up, but if you're familiar with it, yeah, we can use TeamViewer to get in. Mm -hmm. uh, to answer your question about Linux and using Arc Linux, now Arc is bleeding edge and fast and compiles on your hardware, and it's just a dream to use. But its biggest, I guess you'd say, downfall 
but the toughest thing with it is, you know, for novice and intermediate Linux users, is it's really a challenge to install. Okay. So to get it on your hardware is, is pretty challenging. So tonight I wanted to look at a distro called Antergos. It's based okay. on Arc Linux, but the installer, the process to install, is fantastically easy. Easy is good. Yeah. I mean, your Arc is notorious for being difficult. Uh, now, the website... For Antergos, which during the live show tonight, unfortunately, seems to they seem to be under maintenance, but it is antergos.com, and rather than trying to make you spell that out, I'm going to zoom in on my screen here so that you can see antergos.com. What I've had to do just because they're under maintenance tonight is uh, use the, the trusty web cache from Google, and that seems to have let me in, so that's just Perfect. fine. Uh, so thankfully, we're still able to show you basically through the, their website how to get it. Um, once they're back online, it won't be a problem, and you'll be able to uh, grab it directly off of their site. Okay, so antergos.com. Click on Download. And now we're back to being outside of the cache. Let's see if I can get back to the cache. Way to do that is go to Google, punch it in, pull down, and go cached. And there we go. So this is the cached version of their download page. So scrolling down, we see 64-bit or 32-bit. Now, the difference basically is, I mean, the modern computer is going to be 64-bit. Okay. Anything that's been made any time recently was 64-bit. Right. Uh, older systems are 32-bit mm-hmm. um, back in the day. These days, fortunately, we've got uh, most CPUs are going to be 64-bit anyways. Mm-hmm. That gives you the ability to use more than 4 gigs of RAM. So if you want to throw 12 gigs at your system, 16 gigs, go for it. I like having 16 gigs. And you, you definitely, if you're playing uh, the, the Batman game, you'll need at least that. Or can you play the Batman game? <laughs> We'll find out later. Find out. <laughs> so with Antergos, you just uh, so grab it off of their website. All right. So we're going to download the ISO, which I've already done, uh, because I like to be prepared for things like uh, unexpected server <laughs> maintenance. That's right. So we'll have a talk with the Antergos folks uh, after the show. It's all good, though. So we're prepared. All right. So I've got the ISO, and I've booted up from uh, the USB flash key, which I've created using the instructions on their website. Nice and easy. They've got the directions there. Uh, So we're going to start Antergos Live. That's the first thing I want to do. Okay. And this is going to show us, I want to show you how the uh, Antergos installer operates, how easy it is for us to, uh, to get it up and running, unless I get illegal instruction. Oh, no, it is booting. Here we go. Yeah, it's going to let us in. So just uh, let's let that boot. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Tonight we're looking at an ARC-based distro. This will make Alpac happy. Yeah? Back to Linux. Look at that. I mean, Alpac uh, sent us an email and said, we want more Linux. That's my paraphrase. We listen here. And we listen. Alpec, we love you, and we love having you as a part of our community. And, uh, you know, we try to jump from topic to topic to keep it kind of eclectic. Yep. You know, and that's, that's all part of it. But Linux is at the core of everything that we do, as you know. And, uh, and we love Linux, and we're happy to dive into it. Black screen of death. I've got a mouse cursor here. Almost there. We're booting up to the live CD or the live uh, flash drive for Antergos, which is freely available. It's Linux. It's based on Arc, and it includes an installer so that we can get this into our system nice and easily. 
Um, I have run this now. We've got this running on Becca's computer at home. Okay. We've got this running on the netbook, which was so graciously donated to Category 5 uh, for the studio here. Oh, nice. Uh, by Brett, uh, who sent that in so that we'd have a, a chat room system for, cool. for people to use when they're sitting in the audience and things like that. Um, so Tally's uh, there, Mangle Fox, um, using the netbook tonight, and it has Antergos on it as well. Right. Because I've tried all different distros, and like you, I'm looking for one that I really like. Antergos is bleeding edge. Arc is bleeding edge, so you get the latest packages. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Debian fan, so it's hard for me to step into something that's not Debian derivative. Right. Uh, but I do love um, the bleeding edge nature of the the uh, Antergos distro. I mean, the repositories are up to date, plain and simple. Now, for anybody who's not entirely clear on all the variations of Linux, and you know, we just had this question asked in the uh, the chat room uh, by Main Geek: What's the difference between Arc and say Ubuntu? For anybody who doesn't mm-hmm. know. Well, uh, Linux is a kernel. So it was created and is created by a group of people uh, with Linus Torvalds at the head of it. Mm-hmm. And um, that is basically the at the core. It's like the brain of the whole operating system, the, the whole branch of distributions. Um, Linux is open source. Right. So what, what that means at its heart is that people can now take that Linux and say, I'd really like it to do this. So Debian comes along, and Debian, back in the day, said, let's build a robust, wicked, awesome server operating system. Mm -hmm. We're going to use Linux to do it, and we're going to build out from there. So packages submitted from all different people and developers and being grabbed, because it's open source, right? So I can find something that I want in my distro and put it in there, make it work, test it, make sure that it's stable, and then distribute it. And this is Debian. So then Ubuntu comes along and says, you know, Canonical says, okay, what are we going to base ours on? And backing up, we've got, you know, Fedora and we've Mm -hmm. got uh, um, the Enterprise, Red Hat Enterprise Linux, or R-H-E-L. We've got all of those, Arc Linux, and all of those based on Linux at its core, right? Right. So then Ubuntu says, what are we going to base ours on? We're not going to go back all the way to Linux when all this work has now been done and Debian exists and all these things exist and BSD exists and where are we going to go from here. So now let's actually base ours on Debian. So Ubuntu is based on Debian. Okay. And Tergos is based on Arc, which is based Uh, on Linux. Not based on, but Linux is at its core. Right. Right. Um, so that's to, that's to overly simplify it, but just to give you kind of an idea, because it's open source, because all this stuff is done in such a way that you can take it, you can remodel it, and you can redistribute it. That's why they call them flavors, because you're taking stuff and you're blending it, and you're, mm-hmm. you know that's that's why you've got a, all these different flavors of Linux, um, and that's kind of how it works. So cool. you, Jeff, you could take Debian. Yep. Or Arc or whatever, but say Debian. And you could put your own skins on it. You could find some packages that are on uh, on Antergos or any other distro and say, oh, I'd really like it to have that. And so you take that and you put it in your Debian. And then you take that and that and that, put it in there, and then redistribute that as your own operating system. Jeffian. <laughs> wow. That right. one's going to need some marketing. Yeah. <laughs> So, so here we are. We've got the installation uh, up and running. When you first boot from uh, the Antergos boot media, uh, notice that it first reaches out on the web and see it checks if, uh, if Nietzsche is in need of any updates, and that's the installer. If it says that updates were installed, see that? 
Um, you might be wise to close Nietzsche, which comes up automatically, and reopen it with this button on the top left-hand side here. And that will just ensure that you are running the current version. Here we go. So I'm going to open that application, which is my installer, and I can click on that and click on Install It. Right there. Okay, so it's detected my language as English, or it's just defaulted to that. Up here, we've got forward and back buttons. It's as simple as hitting next. So, oh, <laughs> and it's got some cool, let's see when I hit the, yeah, it even jumps around and everything right from the live disk. So you can, you notice what that means is you can actually try it out and play around with it right. in advance of installing it, which is destructive. So maybe we should say, you know, if you're doing this on your live computer, make sure that you've backed up everything because this is going to destroy the things that are on your hard drive yeah. because you're installing a new operating system. Yes. Okay, if you want to try it, you can boot from it and do the try Antergos <laughs> rather than the install Antergos and it won't be destructive. Okay, so I'm going to click on the next button. Next question that it's going to ask me, well, nothing. It's just saying, hey, you got enough hard drive, you got, you're got plugged into power, you've got the internet, and you're up to date. Next. Where are you, Canada? A... Where are you? Time zone. Time zone is uh, Toronto. Sure. English Canada keyboard. Nice. You know our keyboards have a bunch of French characters on it? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's always, you know, I'm Almina all the way, so US 101. So if I'm looking for the slash key, our keyboards are American here. Yes, that's I right. I have trouble yeah. with those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's true. You go into a store and they're going to have French keys all over them, uh, which is cool. Uh, okay. So what? Th this is cool. What desktop environment do you want? First of all, none. I just want a base. Say you're building a server based on uh, Arc or Intergos. There you go. Cinnamon. Beautiful. From Linux Mint. Looks beautiful. Uh, Gnome. And that's Gnome 3, of course. That's giving you the latest and greatest from Gnome. KDE 4 is also included. Mate or mate for those of us with French, uh, in the need for accent aigu. And then we've got Openbox and XFCE, which are perfect if you're going to be running this on an older computer because they're very, very lightweight. Right. So next step. Okay, let's say we want to go with mate. Highlight it. Click next. All right. What do you want to include in your install? The OR repositories. Those are basically like unsupported stuff that's added by the, uh, the community. It's going to have some bleeding edge stuff in there. That's kind of cool. Uh, you can turn it on later, though. You don't have to turn it on right now. Uh, Bluetooth support. If your computer has Bluetooth, like a laptop, then you want to turn that on so that you can use your wireless headphones and things like that. Extra true type fonts. If you do writing or any kind of publishing, you want to add those. Firefox web browser, if you want it, install it. Long-term support edition of the kernel. That means that you'll be getting the long-term support, and our viewer who was asking about uh, you know, not having to necessarily install an operating system every six months, mm -hmm. as is the Ubuntu model, basically. Right. Uh, granted, they, you can update, but it really, I like to reinstall. But right. with LTS, as is the model with Ubuntu, if you use the LTS kernel, you're going to have a longer support cycle. Which is good. But it's not going to be quite as bleeding edge. That's the, that's the downfall to it. So bleeding edge or not bleeding edge, but more longevity. LibreOffice, again, free software. It's an Office clone suite kind of thing uh, with Word-compatible document editing and Excel-compatible spreadsheet editing. Uh, printing support. Do you need to have a printer on this computer? Do you want it or not? Steam and play on Linux. Well, cool. It's included. Uh, you can turn it on. 
uncomplicated firewall if you want to protect yourself from outside threats, and Windows sharing Samba stuff so that you can access Windows files and shares. We're going to turn everything off for the sake of the demo just because I want to be quick, and we're going to erase disk and install Intergos. Remember, this is completely destructive, so it's going to wipe everything if we do that. You can encrypt your installation, which means you are going to have an encrypted hard drive, so if someone steals your computer and tries to connect that to something else, they're not going to be able to read the data. Also, Ooh. they're not going to be able to boot the computer because they don't know your password. So as you, if you do that, when you turn on the computer, you're going to have to enter your password every single time before it will even reach the bootloader. So cool. that is good, but in a family scenario, like with the kids, uh, it would be a, an added hassle for them to have to, to do. So Unless I don't want them using the computer. Yeah, right. Your laptop <laughs> or something like that, it's a good idea. Uh, use LVM with the installation. That has positives and negatives. The, probably the biggest positive is the ability to do LVM snapshots, which is basically live on-the-fly backups while the system's running. So if you're running it as a server, would be the perfect example, you can take a backup of MySQL without having to stop the MySQL process. Okay. Okay. So right. that's, that's kind of like a volume shadow copy in a way, uh, or a hot copy. Set your home in a different partition or volume. If you want to use a different hard drive for your uh, home folder, good example of why you would want to do that is if you've got uh, an SSD, mm -hmm. really super fast but re relatively small as far as capacity goes, hard drive. You can install Intergos to that, your operating system and software. Right. But then uh, you might want to put your home folder on that one terabyte hard drive you've got kicking around because it's just your documents and your downloads and things like that. Correct. You might as well take the space. You don't need a lot of speed on that particular drive. Correct. That's why you might want to do that. So let's go next. Warning! You're going to wipe everything from your hard drive. You sure? Yep. Make sure you've selected the right one. I've only got one. If you've got multiple hard drives, make sure you select the right one. Also, make sure you don't accidentally select the USB flash drive that's in there. Make sure you don't right. have uh, a USB card reader with a, an SD card in there and accidentally wipe out all your family photos from that disk, that kind of thing. Ooh, that would be bad. Yeah. Remember backing up that I said back up everything? Okay, <laughs> next. Are you sure? Yeah. Let's do it. Are you really sure you want to continue? Well, yes, I do, and I'm going to, but we're going to take a break for, uh, for the news. Sure. And uh, find out what's, uh, what's going on. So stick around, uh, because right after the news, we're going, to, uh, we're going to have a little chat a little bit more about Antergos. We're going to finish off the installer. I'm going to show you it, and we're going to, well, we're going to boot into Mate, and we're going to also look at some cool Linux terminal commands. One that is going to help you operate your uh, user history in the okay. terminal, and another that is going to allow us to sync documents and files across multiple Linux, Windows, or Mac computers. <sighs> We're looking at strictly the Linux end of things tonight. That would save so much time. Indeed. <sighs> now, through the magic of television... It's Tuesday, November 3rd, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Amazon and eBay could be liable for billions of pounds of unpaid sales tax in the UK if they fail to properly investigate traders using sites to escape sales tax. Uh, at the beginning of the show, I think I said lithium-ion batteries, but it's actually lithium-air batteries are one step closer to production. A new design has uh, overcome many of the hurdles holding back the development of these efficient powerhouses. And Yamaha is developing a racing robot built to ride high-speed motorbikes. As well, Google is well on track with Project Loon, their balloon-based internet provision network. And Warner Bros. is refunding gamers who bought the PC version of Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, we have the honest-to-goodness biggest news that we've ever announced that's ever been dropped 
from Star Trek in many years, and this time comes directly from CBS. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills. Now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Jeff Weston, filling in for Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. Companies such as Amazon and eBay could be held responsible for unpaid sales tax if they fail to investigate traders using their services for tax evasion. The online marketplaces could be legally required to spot the tax evasion committed by many of their overseas sellers. UK firms say they are, say they are being put out of business by the unfair petition, uh, competition. Sorry. Amazon and eBay say that they can make all users aware of their legal obligations, but ultimately feel that they should not be expected to tax to be the tax police for the users and could, could cooperate with an investigation if evidence was provided. Rita de la Feria is a professor in tax law at Durham University, and she says, if the scale of the fraud is as big as the anecdotal evidence indicates, then we could be talking about billions of pounds. Wow, anecdotal evidence indicates. There's a tongue twister. Under EU law, Amazon, eBay, and other marketplaces could be held jointly liable for all unpaid sales tax, along with the offending traders, if action was taken against them. Lithium air cells could store energy much more densely than today's lithium-ion batteries, making them particularly promising for electric cars, but several big hurdles have stood in the way of the concept. The new design for lithium air batteries overcomes many of these problems. The design, uh, published in Science, uses a spongy graphene electrode and a new chemical reaction to drive the cell. It loses much less energy and can be recharged many more times than previous attempts at lithium air batteries. The hope for lithium air batteries is that they will take in regular air to fuel the chemical reaction that releases electricity. Lithium ions move from the positive electrode to the negative electrode, where they're oxidized. At present, the engineers behind the new effort at the University of Cambridge have only made laboratory test units which operate in pure oxygen rather than air. At first, however, the prototypes can operate when the oxygen is moist. Despite the significant progress made by the team, they say a commercial lithium air battery is at least 10 years away. 10 years? It seems so long away with considering how fast technology advances. Well, you know, I'm looking at this prototype and thinking, okay, yeah, looks like they're a little ways off. Yeah, a little but bit. That's, that's good. But that's I mean, good. you get some funding from, from sponsors for the university, they'll sure. make that, they'll clean it up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yamaha Motors has revealed that it's developing a robot designed to ride any racing motorbike at high speeds. Oh, the Japanese company unveiled a prototype at the Tokyo Motor Show. At present, it is relying on human operators, but in time, uh, the firm plans to have the Android make its own decisions about the best course and speed to achieve the best race time around a track. And I suppose they don't want to be putting in the uh, Tesla update, that firmware update that just came out, or it's just going to drive off the road. <laughs> I don't know. The idea of a robot driving a bike? Uh, I thought that. And then I thought, 
what a cool sport to go and see robots race. I don't know. That would be cool to me. But would it be a sport? Because at that point, you're dealing with perfection. No, it wouldn't. But there's no risk to human life. And they can do twice as much speed as a human could because of the risk factor involved. They're not so concerned about risk because of the, the they're t- they've taken life out of the equation right. and made it so, hey, we can really do some crazy stuff. Thinking along the lines of battle bots. <laughs> yes. Oh, technology. I love it. Google first revealed its super pressure balloon plan in June 2013 when about 30 of the inflatable plastic envelopes were launched from New Zealand. Dubbed Project Loon, Google believes they are on course to have enough internet beaming balloons in the stratosphere to form a ring over part of the world next year. Google says the move will let it trial a continuous data service to people living below the balloon's path. The declaration coincides with the announcement that three of Indonesia's mobile networks intend to start testing Project Loon's transmissions next year. Sri Lanka previously signed a separate agreement signaling its wish to be uh, another participant in the giant helium balloon-based scheme. And the original setup provided 3G-like data speeds, uh, but the kit can now supply connected devices with about 10 megabits a second to connected devices via the antenna on the ground. For comparison's sake, the average 4G connection is around 15 megabits a second. The advantage of a balloon-based system over satellites is that it could ultimately be cheaper to maintain, at least if all the technological changes can be overcome. Google isn't stopping with Project Loon, though. It's also pursuing a separate effort codenamed Titan, which aims to use solar panel drones to provide the internet to unconnected parts of the world. Facebook is also developing a similar drone-based scheme. Now, stratosphere, is that as high as the, uh, that extreme Red Bull jump, or is, was that higher than the stratosphere? The stratosphere? Where does the stratosphere actually... You're going to make me... Uh, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that stuff very well, yeah. but uh, I'm assuming that they wouldn't continue to fly away because of lack of gravity. Yeah, well, let's, we've got the web right behind you on your big screen TV, so... Uh, stratosphere. Wikipedia will tell us. Stratosphere hotels? No, that's gonna, not going to take care of it. Stratosphere. The stratosphere is the second major layer of Earth's atmosphere just above the troposphere and below the mesosphere. It's stratosphere. Stratif- <laughs> <laughs> this is like saying below the balloon. Yeah, all right. So it's up there. <laughs> Somewhere up there. in the air yeah. is you, where you will find it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. That's kind of fun. All right. Uh, now that I've made you do your homework, on to Batman, Arkham Knight. It was released in late June, and the PC version was pulled soon after because of technical faults that made it unplayable for many people. The bugs are thought to have emerged because the game was originally made for consoles and later converted or ported to run on PCs. Now, Warner Brothers is offering full refunds to anyone who bought the PC version of the Arkham Knight video game via the stream gaming service. The uh, offer was being made because it said its issues were causing the game. Uh, the issues that were causing the game cannot be fixed. It said the offer was available to anyone, no matter how much they uh, of the game they'd already played. The offer comes only days after a cleaned-up version of the game was released for PC owners. In notes that accompanied the updated release, however, 
Warner said one bug meant players on Windows 7 PCs would periodically have to restart the game to avoid crashes. On Windows 10, Warner recommended players have no less than 12 gigabytes RAM, far more than most modern PCs usually require. Uh, for those who wish to keep playing the game, bug fixes will continue to be provided. And Star Trek, the big news, celebrates its 50th anniversary in 2016. And yesterday, CBS announced that they're producing a totally new Star Trek television series. Yes! I'm excited about this. The new series will blast off in 2017 with a special preview broadcast of the premiere episode on the CBS television network. And the premiere episode and all subsequent first-run episodes will then be available exclusively in the United States on CBS All Access. The brand new Star Trek will introduce new characters seeking imaginative new worlds and new civilizations while exploring the dramatic contemporary themes that have been a signature of the franchise since its inception in 1966. Alex Kurtzman will serve as executive producer for the series. He's the one who co-founded, or sorry, co-wrote and produced the 2009 Star Trek blockbuster as well as Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, the new series will be produced by CBS Television Studios in association with Kurtzman's Secret Hideout. The new program will be the first original series developed specifically for U.S. audiences for CBS All Access, a cross-platform streaming service that brings viewers uh, thousands of episodes from CBS's current and past seasons on demand, plus the ability to stream their local CBS television stations live for $5.99 per month. CBS All Access already offers every episode of all previous Star Trek television series. Now, CBS All Access can be viewed on your Roku device, and is available in the United States. No word yet on how or if even international viewers will be able to catch the new show. Hmm. It's only a matter of time. We'll get it in Canada. Yeah, it's going to happen, but I'm not too keen on the fact that we're all being left out and it's just the United States. I mean, kudos to you guys. <laughs> you got Star Trek. And it's exciting that it's an actual CBS production. Yes. But, well, yeah. It's go only, ahead. It's only you. Yeah, it's Why true. don't we get it up here in Canada? It's true. Well, I mean, when J.J. Abrams got the, the ability to produce the, the uh, or to direct the Star Trek movies, um, I'd heard he'd tri- put in a pitch for a TV show and was turned mm-hmm. down. I was really bummed about that because ever since Enterprise, there's really been nothing going on. Well, see, the problem is, is that when CBS split and uh, was it Paramount that took over? I think so. Something uh, like the that, movie yeah. aspect. Yeah. And uh, and CBS held on to the uh, the rights to the television show, so they're now two different companies, right? Or it was Viacom or something like that. I don't know, but they split anyway. So yeah. it was no longer the same company owning the movie rights and the television show rights. So that's why we haven't seen a show in so long because they've been bringing out movies, but that's a totally different studio, right? So if they wanted to bring out a TV show, they would have to pitch it to CBS. That's right. Yeah. Now, yeah. what's this going to mean for Star Trek Renegades? Uh, that's a good question. I think that, uh, well, I mean, the team at Star Trek Renegades are obviously excited. I think they probably had some inside knowledge because when they pitched to CBS, they came back and said, okay, we didn't get on with CBS. Our pilot was not picked up as a series. Uh, however, there is big news and we'll, you'll be finding out about it. Whether that's that they were going to proceed with a web series or whether that's that CBS already had something in the, uh, kind of in the works. Uh, we don't really know that at this point, but mm-hmm. I th- I think what's different about the new CBS series though is that it's not going to have all those familiar faces that Renegades right, that's has. True. Yeah. So Renegades kind of has its own. So they're going to have to work together to make sure the timelines flow because Renegades has that backstory of the original 
uh, like people from TN, uh, TNG, I think, uh, but definitely DS9. Um, some Voyager in there. Some Voyager, yeah, obviously, uh, with Tim Russ and, and a few others. So it's it's a little bit different, for sure. Hmm. But It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun wait. year. Yes. Uh, Renegades will be out before the CBS series right. starts. Yes. So yeah. we'll have that one first. Yeah. All right, big thanks this week to Heather Bailey, Brown, Roy, W. Nash, and our community viewers for submitting stories to us. If you've found a new story you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category 5 TV newsroom, I'm Jeff Weston filling in for Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Jeff. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. I'm here. How did you do that? I'm quick, man. Wow. So good. So good at all you do. Uh, This is episode number 424, (laughs) and tonight we are looking at Antergos. We're going to finish up the installation here. I'm just going to close it. I got like a whole bunch of space shots on Wikipedia up on the screen. Hey, to our chat room. Could we name drop some of the folks in the chat room? Absolutely. It's so nice to see you. And we've got such a busy show tonight that uh, uh, we're not we're not by any means ignoring the chat room. It's it's uh, there's a lot going on here in the studio. So welcome to everybody. Let's name drop. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm looking around. I'm seeing cool dude. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hey, look, Jeff Weston's in the chat room. Oh, Go figure. I hear he's a nice guy. Yes, he is. Huh. Uh, Lyndon, MainGeek75, uh, McRippin's here, uh, Rob Shad, Sparkly Balls, uh, Sprint Cowboy, Whiskey Zero. That guy's like nice. famous. He's always in the room. Great to see you, folks. Yeah. Thanks for joining us here at Category 5 TV. Nice to have you here. And Tergos is all set up and installed Let's boot it up for the first time. Here we go. Moment of truth, folks. Nothing like installing a distro on live TV. I've got a mouse cursor. That's cool. There's a little blue box. There is a little blue box. Should I push it? The blue box or the red box? Which one do you press? Which one? Which one? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah! All right, click on my name. Enter my password. You'll notice that Mate is there. If I wanted to, I could install other desktop environments, and I could actually choose when I log in which environment I would like. How cool is that? Let's log in. Niceness. Now, do keep in mind, too, uh, we've got a lot going on in this particular system that we're demoing with. Uh, Antergos does run very, very fast and quite well. All right, so here it is, Antergos with Mate. And uh, we've added uh, to their panel by right-clicking on it and just added a a quick uh, main menu app. And that gives us this menu up here. So there it is, Antergos. With Mate, straight out of the box, nice and clean. It's a nice, sleek look. It's clean and fast, and wireless works right out of the box on all the devices that I've tried it with. So that netbook just took everything and just loves it. So it's awesome. Works really, really well. Uh, I was talking about packages and and uh, the fact that Intergos does have um, up to date current packages, and you'll find that if you go into now on Mate, uh, I believe it's under System Tools, Add Remove Software. And you'll see here, um, you know, if you do a search for any application, let's say mind test. 
see what happens. It's a game that the kids like. 0.4.13-2, which is a lot more current than, say, the package in Ubuntu. Right. It's, it's just the way that that works. So, um, so from a gaming perspective, yeah, you're going to get more current uh, packages. Now, we're here on November 3rd, 2015, mm-hmm. um, so you may have a, a newer version of MindTest, for example, by the time this, uh, you see this episode. So what I want to do, okay, there's two things that I want to really quickly look at because we're just about out of time, and I understand that, but I know that you want to see. So we're going to jump into the terminal, uh, which here on Mate is... System Tools Mate Terminal. There it is. All right. So if I've done a bunch of commands on my system, I've done ls. I've done ls-lah. I've done, which is uh, long form uh, archives and uh, human format, human readable. Uh, If I add s with a capital S lah, it's going to alphabetize it. Uh, sorted by size, I mean. So we're going to get sorted with the biggest at the top. So I've done all these commands. Let's say we do an SSH to whatever, uh, a site.net, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so say that that was a real thing, right? So now, typically, what do we do? Well, if I've forgotten the command or if it's back in my history, I tend to go like this, grep SSH. And there's my command. Right. So I can copy that and paste it, and it would give me the same result. Okay. So history on Linux usually gives you kind of a list like that, and by grepping through it, I can see any of those. So if I want to see all the ls commands, I can do that, and it gives me all the ones that are ls, including, because I didn't put a space first, the history that I just did. If okay. I put a space... Oh. It does keep that. Some distros will not keep that one if you put a space first. So try it on your, your Debian-based derivative, and it, it, may, uh, it may not keep that one in history. So you end up with this big, long list of history, and it becomes a hassle to keep up with. When you want access to it, sometimes it's a pain. You know what I'm talking about. Hit Control-R on your keyboard in your terminal. That's going to take you through reverse eye search. All you have to do now is type S. S. Done. SSH A site. Let's instead, let's cancel that and go SSH B site.net. And that's going to fail too. No big deal. History now looks like this. Okay. Okay. Hit Control R and type SSH. I've got B site. Now hit Control R again. SSH A site. Oh, nice. It toggles through anywhere that the word SSH was used every time I hit Control R. So I'm able to cycle through that, and then as soon as I'm ready, I just hit enter, and it will run the command from history. So whatever it is. Makes things really, really fast. It's basically like a search for history. So ls. Notice it started with grep ls. So hit control R again, ls-sla, ls-lah. Let's push control R again. ls by itself. Nice, eh? Oh, so right. that's it. That is uh, simply control R, the reverse I search in uh, in your uh, terminal. Now, if you control R it and you go back through the list, mm-hmm. say you accidentally pass the one you wanted, is there a way to pop forward or do you have to restart the list over? That's a good question. And that's not something that I have ever um, needed. So let's see. 
I'm sure there's a way to go back. But I don't know what it is. Okay. We'll Google that for you. <laughs> but it, it does make things really, really fast to get through. And uh, it works quite well. So you can hit escape to or control C to cancel. Hit enter to actually do it. And uh, you're good to go. Nice. Yeah. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're looking at Intergos Linux a little bit. We installed it. It's running. So mm-hmm. you saw there how easy it is to install this particular derivative of Arc Linux. Yes. Nice and simple. Uh, let's take a look at syncing our files between two different systems. We're not going to get too in-depth with this product today uh, because it is going to be featured on the show, and we're going to show you specific scenarios where you can use it. Uh, but tonight, we're just going to give you a little preliminary so that you can see what it is and, and, uh, and give you a little bit of a talk on how to use it. Uh, we're going to go add remove. So this is a nice, clean, vanilla Antergos install, and we're going to search for Unison. Unison there is 2.48.3-2. That's the most current version. And uh, you need to make sure when you're installing Unison that the version that you're installing on every computer matches. So it doesn't matter if you're on Linux, Windows, or Mac. Uh, you have to make sure that it's the same version. Okay. You mind if I... Can I just bring that up? Sure. I know it's rubbing on your shirt in the chat room probably. is. Eh. <laughs> um, the uh, Unison has to be the same version, otherwise it won't be compatible. Okay. So if you've got an older distro, you may have to install from source, for example. And Terragos, as I mentioned, is pretty bleeding edge with its packages, so it always uh, tends to have the latest and greatest. Right. Um, so to, to install that, of course, there we go. Let's run it. Enter our password. This is uh, like super user password. And there we go. Unison is installed. Unison has to be installed on each system which you wish to uh, connect to using Unison or, or to share files with. And we type Unison to see that it is, in fact, installed. What Unison allows us to do is sync. Think, think about rsync or rdiff, how okay. we can sync files to another computer or to another hard drive and only have to sync the changes. Right. right. What Unison does differently is it says, okay, you've got a version of your documents here, for example. Uh, let's also have a version of your documents on your laptop, to use a really good example. Mm-hmm. So now, with Unison, and you can run it as a cron or whatever, and we're going to get into this on a future show, we can now say, okay, these two need to be synced. So Unison makes sure, hey, has the laptop got the newer version? Let's move that over, copy it over to the desktop, and we'll sync those uh, bit changes to the desktop. So if I have my laptop at a coffee shop, no internet, nothing, and I'm working on my document in my documents folder, I'm not actually connected to the home computer, but I've got access to it. I can make the changes, and then I go home, and I open the laptop, and the cron job runs, and it syncs using Unison to the desktop. So then I walk down the stairs, and by the time I get down there, sit down, open documents, and open the document that I was working on at the coffee shop, all the changes that I made are there. Right. So Which I'm really excited about because I do this kind of stuff all the time. I'll be using one computer and flip to the other, but it's frustrating to not have the same document. It's tough. And so what do we do? We centralize on a server, and then we're always connecting to that one point of failure. Yes. So it doesn't protect you from fire. It doesn't protect you from anything like that. It uh, doesn't protect you from data corruption on the files. Or if the so, hard drive crashes. Um, for example, one of the kids opens up mom's document and... Uh, highlights all and hits a bunch of keys and hits save. It's now overwritten the main master copy. Right. So 
with this, you've got a copy on all of your devices that you're using Unison on. So you've got that on your laptop. You can take your laptop out if there's a, a fire or something like that. It's not a backup per se, but it is a second copy. It's mm -hmm. redundancy, and redundancy is good. Yes. Um, so you'd still be backing it up and everything. But this lets you now edit the files on any system and synchronize bi-directionally. So you might edit three files on your laptop and ten files on your desktop. They will sync. Mm -hmm. If there's a conflict, it'll warn you. If somebody edited the file on two systems, it'll say, hey, here's the differences. Uh, what do you want to do? Nice. Mm -hmm. I like that. So let's, can, can I give a real quick preliminary look at how this can work? Absolutely. If we go into documents, okay, it's empty right now. Let's just create a really fast document file. Uh, we'll bring up LibreOffice. Oh, oh we don't have LibreOffice. Let's use a thrill. Okay, create a, no, that's not going to let us create it. Let's just touch a file. So nano my file in my documents. I'm going to say hello. All right. So that's my file. If I look, there's a file called my file. It could be a doc. It could be whatever. If I cat it, it says hello. All right. Okay. So now on my other computer or whatever, it could be a mount point. It could be whatever you want. But let's say I have a mount point that is uh, my laptop's documents. Just to, just to make it real screaming simple. Um, now, what, ha what I can do, because I've got that mount point, let's pretend that that's a mount point and it's connected to another computer. Now, if I use Unison, I can say Unison Documents Laptop Documents, okay? And I can run that command. And it's detected, hey, there's a file called the file. There's the file. Proceed with, uh, with propagating updates? Yeah. Okay, so the file in documents called my file, see that? Yep. Now the file in laptop documents, also called my file. They are not symlinks. So if I go into laptop documents and I edit the file, there's hello. Okay. Hello to from laptop. Okay. And I've just saved that. So now if I cat that. Oh. See that? Yep. Okay. okay. So now go up one level and cat the documents version. It doesn't have that hello to from laptop. So now let's, oh, uh, you see what I started to do in there? Up button, up button. No, yes. let's, let's hit control R. We learned that today. Reverse eye search and we're going to type unison. Okay. Okay. Exactly the same command. All I had to do was type un with control R. Hit enter. And what does it say? Oh, the file, my file changed on the one on the right, laptop documents. Do you want to proceed with propagating updates? Yes. So now if I cat that same file, documents my file, it has the changes. Beautiful. So I didn't have to say rsync from there to here, rsync from here to there. No, it figured out which one was changed, and it did the bit, bit by bit copy to uh, basically update that file so okay. that it matches. So now they're up to date. So that whole process can be automated. It can, can be set up as a cron job so that there are no questions asked. Uh, we can set up SSH on each system so that we've got SSH file system mount points and we're connecting through multiple systems. We can use NFS, we can use SMB, we can do whatever we want to connect all these systems together. And then Unison works as the little tiny application that runs on a one minute cron job if you want and make sure that those files are synchronized. Right, so okay. that's pretty cool stuff. Now, does it only work with just documents, or would it work with 
music uh, like applications or anything like that. Yeah, uh, it should work with all uh, because it's a bit by bit copy, right? right? So if I changed a file, but with a, a music file, I would think that if you changed something in a music file, like changed it and resaved, it would be like a whole new file. I don't know how many of the bits would be the same. Okay. So one of the advantages to bit copy like this is that if I changed three letters of a file, it only has to sync three letters. It doesn't right. have to sync okay. the whole file. Uh, it also leaves everything in a sane state. So Unison makes sure that your files are always in a sane state. So if, for example, you lost your network connection during that sync operation, it will not corrupt your file. Oh, that's good. So it's pretty nice. brilliant. Uh, Unison in and of itself is not in active development because it's already, you know, it's functional. It does what it set out to do. They don't have to continue doing a whole lot of stuff. But the folks who originally developed it um, continue to use it. So as they find things that, hey, I'd really like it to do this, or, oh, I found a bug, they fix it, and they, re and they release um, those fixes as well. So it's not right. in active development because it doesn't have to be, but it is still being supported, and, and, and you know, bug fixes are being patched and things like that here and there, uh, but nobody's getting paid to do that. It's just right. that's something that they use, and so they continue to use it. So check it out. It's called Unison. Make sure your versions are matched. Um, with something like Entergos, you're going to get the latest version. Uh, some other distributions, 15.04 is out, or 15.10 is out, um, and uh, it doesn't have the new version of, uh, of uh, Unison, so you'll have to uh, add it from source, install okay. it from source. Cool. Now, there was a few questions in the chat room about it. Uh, one from uh, DJ Quad, is Unison hey, just our sync wrapper? Uh, not, not exactly. Now, what I'll do is I'll post the link for you in the uh, show notes. I'll post it in the chat room immediately following the show as well. But you can also get into your favorite search engine, type in Unison File Synchronizer, uh, and you'll find out that it does a lot more than that. So it's not just our sync. It's not just our diff backup. It does a lot more. Uh, than, than either of those two individual things. Um, whether or not it uses those things as a wrapper, I, I think that it depends, like it, it uses other open technologies yeah. and it is open source. Uh, you can find out more about that on their website. Okay. Uh, and Dennis Kelly was wondering what's the package manager for Astros? Uh, for Intergos? Intergos, sorry, yeah. Let's take a look. Uh, system tools, add, remove software. Here it is. About. Pac-Mac. Pamic. I want to say Pac-Man. No, it's Pamic. Pamic. Okay. And now you know the rest of the story. Good times. Any other questions for us quickly? Because we are right out of time. No, that was it. Jeff, man, great work tonight. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, for filling in for Sasha. Don't forget, uh, make sure you check out our Patreon profile. We've got very little time to make, make this happen, folks. All it takes is 25 cents to make a world of a difference. Patreon.com, type in Category 5 as your search. Awesome. Thanks, man. Great to see you. Great to yeah. see you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good Fantastic one. week. See, see ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.